Uh, Today we're starting a new series, and as we're starting this new series, I would like to ask a question. Has anybody ever heard or seen something that they just absolutely, it doesn't make sense to you? Anybody? Okay, Let let me give you a few examples of things that do not make sense to me so that you can get a little doorway into my brain, okay? I'm driving down the road all the time, and sometimes I just literally bust out laughing because I see people driving in their car by themselves, like completely masked out. Somebody said that don't make sense. Who are you protecting? You from you? Okay, well, that, that don't make sense. Okay, let me give you a few more things that don't make sense. How about that weird person? And I'm calling you weird because it's weird. It doesn't matter where you go to eat. You can go to the Brazilian steakhouse and it's $50 a plate and you're going to try to find a way to get some chicken fingers. Y'all know that person. That person is not invited with me when we go high dollar meals because I ain't paying $30 for some chicken fingers. It's just, somebody said that don't make sense. How about this one, y'all? Your children have got to wear a car seat. Now, they got to be in a car seat nowadays till they're like 15 years old, <laughs> right? But you can pack 72 kids in a bus with no seat belts. Or you can throw your five-year-old on the back of your motorcycle, and as long as their feet touch the foot pegs, they're good. How does that make, they got to be 12 and be in a car seat, and they can be five on my motorcycle? Somebody say that don't make sense. How about this one, y'all? A pizza box is square. A pizza is round. And then you eat pizza in triangles. But like the whole thing of pizza is like a geometry class. You get a pizza, you're doing geometry every time. How about, I got two more for you. This, just, this one kind of blows my mind. Okay, you take the letter V and you add another letter V and you put them together and it comes up with double U. How is that W? It's double V. Why would we call that W? It don't make any sense. Last one. Okay. Y'all, this is happening. Y'all gonna laugh. Y'all gonna be like, what? You're sitting in the passenger seat, right? This is the person that's driving, they don't really know how to drive very well. <clears throat> okay? And they're, they're going, Siri is lying to them. She's telling them to turn right. They don't know where to turn. So they're looking for the street to turn on. While they're looking, you start talking to them. They turn down the radio and tell you to be quiet. <laughs> is the noise blurring your vision? Like you can't see with the radio on? That helps you out or what? Somebody say that don't make sense. How about this? Anybody live with somebody that don't make sense? Man, I got lots of hands up. Thank God I ain't preaching about that today. (laughs) Oh, man. But here's what I am preaching about. Y'all ready? We're diving into a new series. And this whole series is talking about what about when, when it seems like God isn't making any sense? Anybody ever been there? When it seems like God isn't making any sense. For the next four weeks, we're going to dive into the story in the Bible of a man. And what God asked this man to do, honestly, is insane. I mean, when you take what God asked this man to do, it's nuts. It's insane. If your best friend were to come to you and tell you, this is what the Lord asked me to do, you would call him a liar. Because there's no way that you would believe that God asked him to do this specific thing. Does anybody want to guess who we're talking about? Oh, it's on the bulletin. 
I told her not to put it on the bulletin. We're talking about the story of Hosea. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Hosea chapter one. We're going to dig in in just a second. And as we get ready, as you're turning to Hosea chapter one, I'm going to ask the Lord to just speak to us today. So would you bow your heads and close your eyes or be turning in your Bible either way? Heavenly Father, I just come to you right now. Lord, I pray, God, your, your word says that it is alive and it is powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword cutting inside of us between joint and marrow. Father, I pray this morning as we dig into your word that you would teach us all lessons here today. As we dig into your word, that you would share specific things with us that we need to move and grow on. Lord, I love you and praise you and thank you. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. All right, y'all, here we go. Hosea chapter one. I'm going to read quite a bit, verses two through 11. So stay with me. If you uh, don't have your Bible, you can follow along on the screen. Here we go. It says, when the Lord first began to speak to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, go and marry a prostitute. How many of y'all would not have believed your friend? I told you. Go and marry a prostitute. Why? So that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. Really, Lord? <laughs> okay, let's keep going because it gets better. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping their own gods. So, verse three, Hosea married Gomer, oof, the daughter of Diblam, and she became pregnant and gave Hosea a son. And the Lord said, name the son Jezreel, for I'm about to punish King Jehu's dynasty and avenge the murders that he committed at Jezreel. Okay, that's what you want me to name my kid? All right. And then we keep going. In fact, I will bring an end to Israel's independence. I will break its military power into the Jezreel Valley. Verse six, soon Gomer became pregnant again and gave birth to a daughter. And the Lord said to Hosea, name your daughter, Lo Rehema, which means not loved. I got to name my baby girl, not loved. For I will no longer show love to the people of Israel or forgive them but I will show love to the people of Judah and I will free them from their enemies, not with weapons and armies and horses and chariots, but by my power as the Lord their God. After Goma had weaned, not loved, she again became pregnant and, and gave birth to a son. And the Lord said, name him Loami, not my people. For Israel is not my people and I am not their God. Verse 10, yet the time will come when Israel's people will be like the sand of the seashore, too many to count. Then at the place where they were told, you are not my people, it will be said, you are children of the living God. Then the people of Judah and Israel will unite together and they will choose one leader for themselves and they will return from exile together. What a day that will be, the day of Jezreel, when God will again plant his people in his land. I told y'all, that don't make sense. Man. God calls to Hosea. Y'all sure you want God to call you? <laughs> God calls to Hosea. And it says when he first began to speak to Hosea about Israel, the very first thing that he says is, hey, Hosea, I want you to go and marry a prostitute. Not only do I want you to go and marry a prostitute, but I want you to marry a prostitute so that she ain't just going to have your baby. She's going to have some other people's babies. Really? That's what you want from me? I think that I'd be asking the Lord, Lord, why, why do you hate me? 
Anybody else? And so he goes and he marries Gomer and maybe things are going pretty good and she gets pregnant and he's pumped. I'm having a son. And he says, here's what I want you to name your son. I want you to name your son Jezreel because of the murders that were committed at Jezreel. Oh man, you sure? Because I had some things in mind that I wanted to name him. Jezreel? And then name your daughter not loved. And then name your other son not my people. What a calling on this man's life. How many of you think maybe you don't have it as bad as what you thought you had it? Anybody hungry for the Lord to speak to you this morning? (laughs) So guys, I'm excited about the next four weeks. In the next four weeks, we're going to follow the life of Hosea. We're going to see how God brought him through it. And how we, God can do the same exact thing for us. Now, if you're taking notes today, the title to the message is what? Now, the thought process for that is like, God wants me to do what? He's asking what? He wants me to name my child what? That's the, that's the title to the message this morning. Question for this morning is this. How do we put past, how do we push past the what and learn to thrive in the season that we're in right now? So three points on accepting the what and thriving through our season that the Lord's already been talking about. Point number one is this, accept your season. I want you to allow that to sink in. Accept the season. The season that you are walking through right now, I want to encourage you and I want to ask you to accept the season that you're walking through. You know, a lot of times what we want to do is when a season comes, we want to go ahead and just get past that season. Or we want to run from the season. We want to get away from this season. Surely God's got something better for me right now than what's going on right now. So I don't want to hang out in this season. I want to move to the next season. Ecclesiastes chapter three and verse one says, for everything, there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Now getting back to Hosea, He is told to go marry a prostitute and name all of his children these really, really depressing names. Hosea's got a choice. He's got options right now. His options are, option number one, I can run from that. Option number two, I can accept it. Listen, so many times we get tempted to run from what God's asking us to do. God says, here's what I want you to do. Go marry the prostitute. I'm just kidding. Uh, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do this. I want you to step out here. I want you to love on this person. I want you to make amends with somebody that you don't want to make amends with. God's saying, I want you to do this. And here's what we do so many times. We get so tempted to run from the very things that God is asking us to do. Listen, before you run, I'm going to ask you to pick up your Bible and open to the book of Jonah. And read the story of Jonah and watch what happens when people run from God. Because here's what happens when people run from God. When we run from God, first of all, we lose the blessing that comes with walking in the will of God. Second of all, when we run from God, it leaves us further apart from God. When we run from God, we go deeper into despair. But when we accept the season that God has for us at the moment that he has that season, then we can find comfort and peace Literally, no matter what's going on in our lives. Now, probably some of you are sitting there right now and you are thinking about the season that you are in at this very moment. And there's a lot of us in this room. I'm going to guess every one of us right now are in different seasons. Some of you are probably in a great season. 
things are going good. You just feel blessed all the time. And the season that you're going through is a season that you love and you're, all, you're on cloud nine. But that's not how life always happens. Some of you right now, you're going through a really difficult season, maybe the most challenging season that you've ever been through. And as you've been walking through this season, it's been hard. It's been tough. It's been uncertain. There's been temptations to run. There's been temptations to get out. There's been temptations to whatever that looks like for you. All of us are going through different kinds of seasons. I want to share with you real quickly three different tough seasons that we go through. And I want you to kind of put before we get to the end of the service where you're at. And your walk with the Lord, and as you're walking with him, the season that you're going through right now, three different tough seasons. If you're going through a tough season, I want you to figure out where you're at. Number one is the uncertain season. Anybody ever been there? A time in your life where you simply aren't sure what God is leading you to do. It feels like you're in a rut. It feels like you're not hearing anything from Lord, and, and, and the li your life just seems to be passing you by. This is a season that's typically really, really tough to go through. Why? Because you have no idea. We get in this uncertain season. And typically when we get in this uncertain season, we begin calling out to God. Lord, would you just speak to me? Lord, would you lead me? God, would you guide me? God, would you give me something? Lord, if I could just get anything from you to know that you are still with me and you're still walking with me in my life, that would be nice. Anybody ever been there? And then he gives you some certainty and he says, go marry a prostitute. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen, everyone in this room has been at a time where we're walking through a season that is an uncertain season. And in that season, what God is looking from us is to, to, for us to trust him. Amen. So probably all of us have been through or are going to walk through an uncertain season. Number two gives it kind of a step up. It is an uncertain and really scary season. Takes it up a notch. You ever been in that place where everything's uncertain? You're not getting clarity. You don't know where you're going or what you're doing. You're not hearing from God. And in the middle of all this not hearing from God, Satan is like beating the heck out of you. Anybody? You're walking through the season. You're looking for God. You're asking for him to speak to you. And literally all hell and all of hell's demons feel like they are piling up on top of you. And they're just giving you a beat down. And you're going to God and you're going to God and you're going to God and you feel like you're getting nothing from him. Anybody ever been in that season? Mm. I believe as I'm saying that some of you are without a shadow of a doubt. Know that I'm talking to you. You're walking through the hardest season that you've ever been in. Maybe your family is falling apart. Maybe your marriage is falling apart. Maybe your finances are falling apart. Maybe you're battling health issues. But what you know is that things are uncertain and Satan is just constantly attacking, attacking, attacking. You're questioning your faith. Life is hard and things seem like they're never going to end. If this is you this morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you with this. God does not put us in a place or allow us to walk through a season that he does not have intentions of walking with us out of that season. Amen. For God's people, he does not allow us. Now he does, people use this verse all the time, God won't put more on you than you can handle. That's a lot. God is gonna put more on you than you can handle because he wants you to let him handle it. You can handle it. You can handle it through him and his power. 
But what he's not going to do is he's not going to get you, allow you to get into a place that with trust and faith in him, he is not going to walk you out of it. And so if you're in that place this morning where things are uncertain and all hell is coming against you and things are fighting, let me encourage you with this. Hang on and keep the faith and trust God and know that if you will trust him, you're going to come out of this season so much stronger. Then you have the third season. The third season is the certain yet scary season. This actually might be the toughest one, to be honest with you. This is a season that you know what you're supposed to be doing. You know what God has called you to do. You know what he's telling you and trying to bring you through, but it's scary. It's uncomfortable and it's pushing you to your limits. Let's think about some of those. Does God call people to do crazy things? Abraham, I want you to take your son up the mountain and kill him. David, I want you to go fight this giant. Moses, I want you to go threaten the most powerful man in the world and tell him to let my people go. Think about Hosea, I want you to go marry a prostitute. Jesus, I want you to go sacrifice and allow yourself to be sacrificed on the cross. Josh, I want you to preach. Are you sure? Lord, I'm going to offend everybody. I don't care. Stacy, David, Tootie, Nick, I want you. God is saying to his people, I want you to do things if we will listen. He will give us our calling. He will open the door. But so many times when he tells us what we're supposed to do, we have, yes, it's certain. Yes, I want to follow God. But man, that's tough. Why is it tough? It's tough because so many times I feel incapable of doing this. Because I feel like I'm not equipped. God is going to always call his people to get out of their comfort zone. So if you're comfortable, might be a sign that he's calling you to do more. Here's what I want you to understand this morning. Everyone in here is in a different season, but it doesn't matter what season that you are in. It is not our job to question God. It's not our job to get angry at God, and it's not our job to run away from God. It's our job to do exactly what Hosea did. Hosea, I want you to go marry a prostitute. Okay, I trust you. Goes and marries a prostitute. Hosea, I want you to name all your children this. Okay. You know what God did? He used Hosea's life as much as it must have stunk to marry a prostitute. And as you're going to see, go through all of the, it, it had to be physically and mentally draining to be Hosea. Anybody ever married a prostitute? Okay. Yeah, you might want to keep your hands down on that one. Uh, it, it had to be emotionally, physically draining to be Hosea. Amen. But he trusted God. And God used Hosea to speak to and show Israel what was to come and allow these things to come to pass. And I'm asking you this morning to trust God. Amen. That's what I know. 
I'm asking you to trust God no matter what he throws at you, no matter what your season looks like. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, accept your season. All right, number two in your notes is this. Number two, if you're taking notes, if you're writing them down, embrace your season. And you may be sitting there thinking, okay, accept your season, embrace your season. Isn't that pretty much the same exact thing? Like, you're accepting it, you're embracing it. It is not even close, y'all. It's not even close. God has not just called us to accept what he's calling us to do. He's called us to embrace what he's, can you imagine being Jose? Hey, Jose, go marry a prostitute. I got to embrace that? Listen, there's a big difference in accepting and embracing. I could accept that God's called me to be a pastor and not embrace it. And what would that look like? That would look like me not caring at all that I'm going to be a pastor and not doing a very good job, yet accepting the fact that I'm pastoring. Sitting around in my office doing nothing, avoiding my phone calls from my church family, not studying or getting in the word and just jumping up here and saying whatever to you. That's what that would look like if I was just accepting my call, but I didn't embrace my call. Then there would be a lack of vision and there would be a lack of passion and there would be a lack of allowing God to use me. I have to embrace what God has called me to do. And you have to embrace what God has called you to do. When we embrace that, it empowers us to do what he's called us to do. Galatians chapter six and verse nine says this. It says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Y'all need, need to mark that verse, highlight it, something. That's a good one. Don't get tired of doing what is good. Sometimes it stinks. Everybody else is doing what is bad. All hell is coming against you. You just want to fight somebody. Right? But God says, if you don't get tired, go through it, walk through it, stay with it, keep the faith, trust in me, and don't get tired of doing what is good. And at the end of this thing, you're going to reap a blessing if. Everybody say if. Yeah. If you don't give up. If you give up and give in. I don't know. I don't know. That, that. If you give up and give in, you're most likely not going to reap the blessing. So we got to stand firm. We got to stay on our face. Somebody say amen. As crazy as this may sound right now, I want you to encourage and to love each and every season that you're in. That's hard, y'all. Love the season that you're in. Find strength in God. Allow it to grow you and build your faith and your character. Let me share with you another scripture that probably most of us in this room find very challenging. I know that I do. James chapter one, verses two through four. Here's what it says. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Man, I'm not going to lie, y'all. That's hard. It's hard to accept that. It's hard to put that into practice in your life. God says, when troubles come your way, when you are stepping into and dead in the middle of the hardest season in your life, 
Here's what I want you to do. I want you to consider that opportunity in that season as an opportunity for joy. Wow. I didn't get not one amen on that one. <laughs> but y'all, this is so important. You know why this is important? Stay with me here. Because when you are going through junk in your life and you give up and you quit and you bail and you give in, what happens is instead of you coming out of that season stronger, you come out of that season weak and beat down and living a life that is beat down by the devil. Amen. Defeated. When you give in and you give up and you don't put your faith in God and you don't stand and say, God, I will trust you and I know that you're going to strengthen me no matter what, then you come out of that season with a defeated life. But when you look at every season and you go, God, I, I don't understand why. I don't understand why I have to marry Gomer. I don't understand why I've lost my family members. I don't understand why that I've had to go through this divorce. I don't, I don't understand why this or that had to happen. I don't understand it. I don't get it, but I trust you in it. And because I trust you in it and because I know that you trust me as I walk through this, I'm going to come out of this on the other side stronger. I'm looking at this as an opportunity for joy. Joy, you're not having an opportunity for joy. The joy is not in the middle of the season. The joy is what happens when you get out on the other side of the season. That is the opportunity for joy. Now, let me ask you a question this morning. What is the thing that God is calling you to do that you're struggling with? What is something that you need to stop trying to understand and just trust God with? Hey, Brian, come help me real quick. I need a, uh, I need a helper. Does anybody trust your pastor? Oh, y'all. I didn't know if I was going to get any hands, but I got a couple. Uh, Brent, come help me. Brent, trust me. I thought y'all were smarter than that, but. Okay. <clears throat> Brent, sit right here. You trust me? Yes. For sure? Yes. Okay. Well, this series is all about things that don't make sense. So what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you to do something that makes absolutely no sense. Okay. Okay. So... <clears throat> Brian, I need you to hold this right here. Let's make sure that's sealed up. Okay. Okay. Yeah, hold it over his head. Thank you, sir. Uh, corners, hit the corners. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Okay, so Brent, what's going to happen is, could you look up? Okay, so you have this water mm -hmm. that is above your head. I'm going to take these pencils, and I'm going to stab these pencils all the way through this thing of water. Now, um, do you trust me? Yes. You do trust me. Okay, so <laughs> I have a confession to make. The... The encouraging thing is I have done it, okay, three times. And so far, I've got it right one time. <laughs> so my faith is in the Lord this morning <laughs> because um, do you still trust me? Yes. Okay. Well, he still trusts me. Thank God. Uh, but because I don't trust myself, um, could you stand real quick? We're going to put this on you real quick just in case 
something happens that maybe is not supposed to happen, like you get really wet. Okay, so you cover yourself real nicely there. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and let me just go ahead and say, Brent, if this doesn't work, I have another bag, and we're going to try it again. So do you still trust me? Okay, Heavenly Father. We need your help this morning. Okay, go ahead, Brian. You can hold that over his head. And you get to watch. So it's going to be fun to watch. Just watch. Let's see if this works. Okay, pencil number one. Here we go. No, no, no. You're supposed to watch. You got to, you trust me. Trust me. Here we go. Okay, one is good. Okay, let's go with number two. Two is good. Oh, that was close to the other one. Three is good. Okay, let's go here. Oh, four is good. Partially good. That's not dripping. That is a illusion. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Six is decently good. And let's go with this last one. Uh, Okay, y'all give it up for Brent. Here, Brent, you can keep the, ba- the bathrobe. I don't want it back. I got you wet you, a little bit. Um, so listen, <laughs> y'all give it up for him one more time. Brent, even though he may not should have, he trusted me to, um, to do something that doesn't make sense. Now, the whole purpose of that is because, listen, even though... That should have got him a lot more wet. Um, just like things in our, happen, we th- in our life we think should happen based off of what the circumstances look like. Um, he didn't get that wet. He didn't get that wet because he trusted me and I got lucky. Um, now, luckily, we serve a God that doesn't get lucky. But here's what I'm trying to help you to understand. You can trust God no matter what happens because even when things don't make sense, He's got you covered. Amen. 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 Okay. So point number one was accepting your season. Accept the season that you're in. Point number two was embrace the season that you're in. Point number three, this one's hard too, y'all. They're all hard. Be used in your season. Be used in your season, even if it's the hardest season of your life. God's calling you to use that season to help transform somebody else's life. I want to read to you Psalms chapter one, verses one through three. It says, oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now listen to this. This is a good part. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. How many seasons? Each season. Their leaves never wither and they will prosper in all that they do. Listen to me this morning. No matter what the season looks like in your life, you can be used and you can bear fruit and you can prosper in what you do. You don't have to understand it. Hosea, even though God asked him to do something extremely uncomfortable, mentally and physically draining, 
in the season that he was in, God used him to speak to all of the people of Israel. God wants to use you, church family, in the season that you're in. Maybe he's wanting to use you to reach your family. Maybe he's wanting to use you in the season that you're in to reach the people at your job. Maybe he's wanting to use you to reach a a specific group of people, people that need deliverance, people that are uh, addicted, addicted. um, But God wants to use you in the season that you're in. In closing this morning, I wanna ask our worship team to come up and join me. And you guys can begin to play in the background. And um, I wanna read to you Has anybody ever heard the story of Horatio Spafford? Horatio Spafford is the guy that wrote the song, It Is Well. And uh, let me share with you his story real quick and how this song came about. Horatio Spafford was born in 1928. He was a very godly man, uh, was a lawyer, very good with, um, uh, he was very good friends with evangelist D.L. Moody. Anybody ever heard of D.L. Moody? Very good friends with D.L. Moody. He was very blessed with a beautiful wife and five children and considerable wealth, okay? He was born in 1928 at the age of 42 and eight, I'm sorry, 1828 at the age of 42. In 1870, his four-year-old son died of scarlet fever. And then the very next year in 1871, there was a gigantic fire that took place in downtown Chicago and tons of his real estate and properties burned up in this fire, and he lost a massive amount of his wealth, very similar to the story of Job. He lost his son, then he lost a massive amount of his wealth. That was two years in a row. Then jump ahead two more years, and they're going through a lot of things. They need a vacation, and so he, they're, they're going to go on a vacation to England, and um, he can't make it to go with his family. He's going to send them ahead and come about two weeks later, and so he sends his family on this boat to go uh, to England, and while the boat is crossing um, whatever body of water it was, they were struck by another vessel. And he lost all of the rest of his children when that vessel went down. Luckily, his wife was found unconscious um, on a a piece of the ship. And she sent a message to him saying, we've lost all of our daughters, but I'm okay. And he leaves and he is, um, can you imagine? He leaves and he's on his way to be with his wife. And so he's on a ship on his way to be with his wife. And the captain calls him. He, the captain knows the story of what's happened. And the captain calls him in while he's driving the ship. And he shows him the charts that they're crossing the waters. And he says, I just wanted you to know that this is the place where your family went down. And it said that at that moment, he walked back to his cabin and he began to pin this song. It is well with my soul. <laughs> Can you imagine One year, everything is wonderful. I just feel blessed by God. God has given me all of this wealth. He's given me a beautiful wife. He's given me all of these children. And the very next year, boom, my son dies. My one and only son passes away. And then the next year, boom, all of my wealth is eaten up in this fire in downtown Chicago. Two years later, boom. I lose the rest of my family except for my wife. How would you respond to that? Because his response 
made it to where he has been used literally through this song throughout the ages. This song, it is well with my soul. God, it doesn't matter what season that we are in. It doesn't matter what you allow us to go through or what Satan throws at us. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus, in the season that we're walking through right now, help us to have the spirit that Horatio had with him. Help us to allow your Holy Spirit to minister to us. Help us to allow it to be well with our soul. Would you stand with me this morning? Listen to me. Do not use your season as an excuse to not bear fruit. Allow God to use you in the season that you're in and be led by him. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Altar team, would you step out and come join me up at the front? Every head bowed and every eye closed. The message this morning, accept the season that you're in. Embrace the season that you're in. Be used in the season that you're in. Just a second, we're going to sing that song, Horatio's song. It is well with my soul. And as we begin to sing that song, if you need to find a place, just like Horatio, where you need to get alone with the Father and allow him to minister to you, or if you are here this morning and you need strength to make it through the season, you need prayer. You need prayer to bear fruit. Maybe you're here and you need to get things right with the Lord. Or lastly, if you're here and you're walking through some things that you need God's supernatural power to intervene in your life, as we sing this song, do not step out of this room without allowing God to do what it is that he wants to do in you today. So whether you step out and come find a place to hang out with the Lord or whether you step out and come get prayer, would you find a place right now where you will allow God and his Holy Spirit to minister to you?